T to classify yes, as three letters. Cause our history guys, we got Eric, Ellie, who else? We got Brian, listen every time, you know it's gonna be some drive. Everybody certified, it's pocket rock, ain't tell no lies. You really my lose your mind, can only put this in your time. Welcome back to the WFT Declassified Podcast. I'm your host, L.E. We got Eric in the building. Eric, what's up? What's happening? We also got Brian in the building. Brian, how's it going? I'm I'm alive. I'm alive after yesterday, so That's right. it's going. Brian's That's ready right. to spit fire tonight. He is ready. <laughs> I can't wait. Tonight is the official Carson Wentz Declassified episode. If you've been riding with us from the beginning... You know these are our deep dives into individual players, not opinion, just facts and information. Why are we having a Carson Wentz declassified episode? Because your Washington Commanders just traded for Carson Wentz and a second-round pick and a seventh-round pick. They gave to the Colts a 2022 second and third-round pick as well as a 2023 conditional third-round pick. That pick can become a second-round pick. If Carson Wentz plays over, what, 70, 75% of the snaps, that then becomes a second-round pick. Yeah. So, before we get started, make sure you are subscribed on all platforms, audio platforms. We are on Spotify, Apple, Google, anything that you can get a podcast on, we are there. And then, of course, all of our YouTube uh, followers, subscribers, whatever you are called, we appreciate you guys as well. Like, leave comments, subscribe, do what you got to do to stay locked in. Let's start it. Eric, tell us about Carson Wentz. Who is he? Carson Wentz. He is a uh, going on. This is going to be his seventh year. Can you believe that? Drafted in 2016, and somehow this is going to be his seventh year in the NFL. Quarter, uh, drafted number two overall by the Philadelphia Eagles in 2016. They traded a boatload to get him. Uh, coming out of the quarterback factory that uh, North Dakota State University has become. Uh, also, Trey Lance's alma mater, probably another one coming down the pipeline soon. Um, traded to the Indianapolis Clots last year. Uh, played okay, terrible down the stretch. Basically, he's the reason that really solid roster is not in the playoffs uh, because of the way that he played specifically in the last two games of the season. You can say whatever you want about the games before that, but those last two games were just awful for Wentz, and uh, he pretty much cost him a playoff spot this year. Uh, as far as play style goes, personally, uh, last two days I've been watching quite a bit of Carson Wentz, and what I find it, uh, what I really came to the conclusion of is people that like Taylor Heineke should really like Carson Wentz because they have very similar play styles. They're both really good uh, off schedule. They're at their best off schedule. They're good outside the pocket. Um, if Taylor Heineke had a cannon arm uh, and you know was a monster like size wise, I mean it would be Carson Wentz. Uh, it's the big, you know, Heineke's clearly faster. Uh, Wentz has gone through a couple of injuries, but Wentz just has a monster arm. He has an incredible arm, and Terry McLaurin's going to love that. Um, yeah, the big knock coming out of North Dakota State on uh, Wentz was his mechanics were terrible. Footwork was bad, big windup. Um, he spent his first year in the NFL cleaning that up uh, under uh, Doug Peterson and Frank Reich. Uh, and he got much better, but he still does occasionally revert to that, and you'll see these atrocious throws from him um and he is a gambler he takes a lot of risks uh and he has apparently talked his way out of two cities thus far so uh i am not 100 percent sure how this is going to go but i don't think it's a complete disaster uh he is 
in my opinion, definitely. I don't even know if it's my opinion. It's every, every everybody who's not in Sane's opinion that he's better than what we had last year. He is a very clear upgrade from Taylor Heineke just from a physical standpoint. He can make the throws that Heineke was in, unable to while still being able to make plays with his legs. Uh, but he is a bit of a gambler, uh, a little bit of a gunslinger, much like Heineke, so he can get himself into some trouble. But I think he's an upgrade over Heineke. I think the team is better with him. Is he the best guy out there? Is he the guy that I wanted? Go watch my five quarterbacks we should stay away from video, and I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> you can go back and watch that. Um, he's clearly not the guy that I wanted, but you know, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. I'm all in on Carson Wentz 2022. Wow. Yeah, you know what choice do I have? <laughs> we don't. We don't. Um, those those roll with Heineke people right now. They just need to be launched into the sun. I'm sorry, <laughs> they're done. I, mean, I can't. I can't. I can't do it with them anymore. As much as I like Heineke as a backup, it's very clear he should not be the starter. Carson Wentz is a, is a is a miles ahead of him as far as quarterbacking goes. Yeah, you know what's interesting? You said that he was Taylor Heineke, but bigger and stronger with a better arm, and it's that's exactly what I thought as well when I was starting to look at it, I've never watched a lot of Carson Wentz until recently. Cause I never had a reason to, but you're right. I'm uh, you're spot on there. Um, coming out of college. Some of the things that were on his draft profile, um, a great velocity thrower. He can, he can chuck the football. I mean, that's he has he, an arm. He has a legit yeah. big, strong arm. Yeah. He's uh, the, the best fit for him coming out of college, according to some of the professional evaluators was a vertical passing offense because of that arm. Now, you're going to have to ask yourself questions about Scott Turner's offense to see if that's a fit because Scott Turner's offense to this point has been a very lateral offense. Now that could be because of the talent at the quarterback position or lack thereof. So we will learn about Scott Turner's offense this year for sure. You know, you know who I thought Carson Wentz, and this is my untrained quarterback guy. Carson Wentz reminded me of coming out of college was Kaepernick. He reminded mm. me just not quite as fast, but he was, I mean, before, you know, he's had some injuries, but he was very athletic early in his career and, and was a very big, tall, lanky runner with a huge arm, just like Kaepernick was not great mechanics. Um, I thought maybe he's a little bit of a better passer. Uh, he's definitely yeah. developed, I think, into a better passer. But yeah, that was my, that was my, what, who, what I thought of him coming out of North Dakota State based on what I saw of him. I think one of the biggest things I remember about uh, Carson Wentz coming out of uh, college and, and I mean, mostly it was positive, right? Every, every evaluator said, um, you know, this is the guy, this is a franchise type quarterback. But uh, one of the things that stuck with me and I think is probably still true today, which is why he's going to be ending up on his third team is his um, kind of, um, you know, penchant for looking for that home run ball versus, completing the pass that's in front of him and yeah. or hitting the check down uh, that's in front of him. Um, you know, something we saw similar to Heineke always kind of. Who's that remind you of again? Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was going to say. Exactly. Exactly. But he can actually throw the home run ball. I mean, f for me, I, I mean, I to me, that I, I call that the hero ball, right? Like yeah. they're, they're looking for that 50, 60 yard uh, touchdown. Now he has the ability to do it, which is absolutely great. And something we've lacked here for, uh, you know, a couple of years. So, uh, is he going to be able to balance that? I think it will be the question or uh, will be the, the biggest thing we've got to watch out for. Uh, can he can he kind of keep that balance or is it going to you know cost him too much? Yeah, some some information came out uh, a couple of years ago that some of the issues with Wentz or the fact that he doesn't go through his progressions. He tends to it's either the first progression or he's going to try something he shouldn't throw when it's not there. And 
looking at it further with the evaluation from college and it says he anticipates the first read extremely well right he throws that anticipatory route very well for the first read it gets dicey beyond that the negatives for him coming out of college were he's slow to process the reads um the uh, but he but he gets by with that because of arm strength right his arm strength bails him out constantly um which if you look at what his production has been which we'll dive into in a minute in the nfl that's absolutely true he relies on his arm strength to bail him out of bad mechanics and out of um not going through his progression so he's thrown a lot of things late which gets you into those problems um with some of the turnovers that he's had over the seasons um and blow average accuracy uh on routes between uh 20 to 30 yards down the field now he's a guy that can throw the home run ball and he can hit you all day you know up to you know 20 yards but when you get in that 20 30 yard range things get really really dicey for him so um we'll touch more on the statistics and on the field a little bit but brian tell us who he is off the field well this is uh the juicy part right so um uh, with him being in philly and in indianapolis we've got you know two cities worth of stories uh by journalists uh kind of detailing his behavior in the locker room with teammates uh and now you know the first thing i'll say is carson wentz hasn't been in any trouble right that's uh we're, we're not talking about um you know um any kind of criminal activity or anything like that um uh, he is a family man uh that uh um you know that uh, that we know of but it becomes a problem, um, you know, from some of the stories that we first heard coming out of Philadelphia, uh, his kind of presence in the locker room. Um, there were complaints from teammates, several teammates in uh, a couple of stories uh, from several uh, journalists in Philadelphia uh, about him not kind of taking accountability for some of those plays that you guys just kind of detailed there, um, you know, where he does kind of take these uh, excessive risks or uh, instead of kind of just doing what the offense gives him. And then when it fails, not saying, hey, that was on me. Um, so there were lots of clashes over accountability, over uh, some of his leadership. Uh, and then, you know, we heard, uh, you know, once he got injured uh, at, in that Super Bowl year, um, you know, that's when a lot of the story started to come out uh, about Carson Wentz and kind of how he dealt with teammates. Uh, and from there, we heard, um, you know, it's been reported uh, that uh, hard coaching uh, is something that he is very resistant to. Um, and that's not even, um, you know, like a criticism um, where coaches are trying to give to him. It's just, hey, we need you to try it harder. We need you to do it faster uh, type things. And uh, he seemed very unresponsive to that style of coaching, which is probably a majority of NFL coaches. Uh, I'm sure there's a handful who are a little bit more quiet and reserved, maybe uh, uh, like a Tony Dungy or something like that. But uh, I, I imagine most of these coaches are, um, you know, trying to get after some of these players um, if they're not performing well. So, um, you know, those were a lot of the things that we heard uh, in Philadelphia. And again, there were multiple stories with numerous Eagles players, you know, say, all saying the same things about his character, lack of leadership, his resistance uh, to hard coaching, um, and also lack of accountability for some of the risks that he takes uh, within the offense, because then it affects the entire team when those uh, risks don't succeed. Then he gets traded. The, the team that drafted him, that moved up, Philadelphia Eagles traded picks to move up to draft him, and they traded him. 
he goes to Indianapolis and he's there just one year. And we're already hearing uh, stories about the same thing. Um, Zach Kiefer uh, of the uh, athletic just put out a story uh, that I believe it was uh, yesterday um, detailing essentially kind of the same things uh, that happened in the Philadelphia locker room uh, or excuse me, that, uh, that happened in uh, Indianapolis as well too, with the lack of accountability uh, players uh, not liking the, um, you know, him taking some of these chances. Uh, we just talked about some of the bad play towards those last two games of the year where he didn't take the uh, ownership of his own play. Uh, again, same type of resistance to hard coaching. Um, a week ago at the scouting combine, the GM, Chris Ballard, said publicly right in the, the media interview that uh, Carson, that he, he had a talk with Carson and he told him, you have to take criticism better. You have to learn from it and grow from it. If a GM is telling, um, you know, that conversation publicly about his starting quarterback, usually it is a, a red flag. Um, how big, you know, is uh, is up to people to kind of discuss. But it's not good when you're the starting quarterback and that's the discussion about you is that you don't take criticism well and that the GM is telling you you have to learn from it and grow from it and mature from it. Carson Wentz is 29. He's almost 30 years old and he can't take criticism um, and learn from it and grow from it and, you know, be able to understand, hey, I, maybe I need to do some things better. So we've seen some of the uh, behaviors kind of tr uh, carry over from Philly to Indianapolis. Um, is this a wake up call for him um, now coming to his third team um, here in Washington? We hope so, uh, because, uh, you know, those types of behaviors, I don't know how well that'll go here in uh, this locker room with uh, with Rivera uh, and the uh, the culture that Rivera has been preaching. You know, um, we're, we're changing that we're trying to get a, a good culture and to bring a, um, a player in who's whose behavior has been questionable in two cities so far. So um, very much a, a big, big question mark on who he is as a uh a teammate and a, a leader, and especially uh, at the quarterback position, those are hot button topics. So here's where I feel like um, we can potentially get around it. I'm not saying that we will. I'm not saying that we won't. Uh, number one, we know John Allen likes to throw uppercuts if you get out of line. So that should help some. <laughs> we saw him do it to Deron Payne. But I, I think, you know, there's no Deshaun Jackson. No offense to Deshaun Jackson, but we have Terry McLaurin as his best receiver. Terry McLaurin is one of the most mature athletes I've ever seen in my life. Hopefully those two form a bond and a relationship to where Terry can rub off on him um, and, and, and help him develop. One of the things that makes me nervous, though, to your points, is that Scott Turner is not all that much older than uh, Carson Wentz, right? Yeah. Um, and, Car and, and from what we've seen from Scott Turner, and you don't know because we're not in a locker room, but Scott Turner doesn't seem to be the forward and out front kind of leader. You know what I mean? He's yeah. kind of one of the guys type leaders. Um, so there's definitely some concern there. Is it going to be a catastrophic problem? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And and I wouldn't assume so just because, you know, you, you would hope with players getting paid millions of dollars that they can turn things around, they can mature. But you just don't know. So I, I, as far as, you know, Scott, the point you made to Scott Turner, that could actually work in our favor. Yeah, I mean, if the if the rumors that he doesn't respond to hard coaching are true, and Scott Turner is not a hard coach, uh, not a hard coaching coach. Um, you know, if, if his coach, I mean, it's very possible that their personalities could mesh. Um, I have to take the athletic article with a grain of salt because 
it's very clear that what happened in Indianapolis is that the owner, Jim Ursay, wanted Carson Wentz gone. So yes. Chris Ballard is a good soldier, and he's going to do what he's going to do. Frank Reich wanted him in Indianapolis. Um, knowing what he knew about him in Philly, he brought him to Indianapolis. He stuck up for him. And I think when the heat got too hot and, you know, I think it was over the vaccination thing, whatever it was with Ursay, did not want Carson Wentz around anymore. Chris Ballard's going to follow Ursay's lead. Frank Reich's going to shut up and do his job at that point. I'm not 100% sold on everything that happened in Philly also happened in Indy. I haven't seen any negative. I haven't seen anything come from players. Not that there's been a lot of support for me there. I've seen like two tweets from a couple of guys, like Darius Leonard tweeted something and uh, one of his receivers did. But I haven't seen anything like nobody's leaking out from what I've seen, rumors that, you know, this is what was going on. Everything that I saw or I've heard that came out of Indy is top down, comes from the owner who wasn't happy with Wentz for whatever reason. So I'm not 100% sold on that. It's very possible that it's true. Um, I've heard things people say that Wentz, necessarily isn't a leader but he's a he's more of a, a teammate than a leader um and a lot of guys want their quarterback a lot of teams want their quarterback to be the team leader he may not be that guy but i think washington has very strong leadership in john allen um and terry mclaurin uh guys like that so I, i'm willing to give carson wentz a chance and i'm going to take that in the article with a grain of salt i will say uh you know, it's 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 definitely a, a a red flag because if you think about the quarterback position in general, right? They get all of the attention, they get all the praise. When things are going good, they get more of it. So, you know, that position in general gets more leeway uh, than the other positions. So, for him to have kind of been moved on from by two teams, there there speaks to something that he had to have or said or something um, to a, a large degree that whether it's yeah. coaches, whether it's players, or the ownership didn't like. Whatever it may be. It could be personality. It could be, hey, he yeah, – the Philly he, thing, when they – you know, he kind of went into a funk when they drafted Jalen Hurts, and that's a red flag. That for sure is because yeah. it, and that's he clearly one of the let something that, affect his play that year because he went – he, I mean, he wasn't – he was good uh, leading up to that, um, albeit injured and not as good as his MVP-type season his first year. But when, yeah, when they drafted Jalen Hurts, something something clicked. So, well, that's that's um, part of those um, the the reporting. Yeah, so that I, that, yeah, that I'll go with. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to you're gonna have to manage personalities very well this year if you're dealing with Carson Wentz. I think he yeah. is. He definitely seems like he has a little bit of a diva quality. I just know, you know, Ursay wanted him gone for whatever reason. I'm pretty sure it was because he wasn't vaccinated. Um, that that was the big stink of it. Um, you know, COVID restrictions are gone from the NFL this year. So hopefully that won't be an issue. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely, it was definitely, I don't think it was as bad in Philly as what their management has led us to believe. I will say one good thing is if we know anything about Rivera, he may not be the evaluator talent that we all want him to be, but I don't think it's a, a question about his relatability to players, how he handles players how he can reach some players uh, who may be kind of, you know, labeled as difficult. Uh, um, so maybe this is something that maybe only Ron Rivera can do uh, in reaching Carson Wentz and getting him to kind of, hey, conform a little bit more or kind of change some of his uh, his ways. So I think that out of uh, out of all of it, that's probably our, our strongest asset is Rivera in kind of uh, saying, hey, you know, let's let, let's let's change some things here. Let's put this thing together here for this uh, upcoming season. So uh, I do like that portion of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. So looking at the statistics regarding Carson Wentz, and I think this really does paint a good picture of what you're getting in terms of quarterback. Um, so Carson Wentz is a rookie. Uh, from PFF was a 69.9. That was 22nd best. His second year in the league, he was an 84.7, which was sixth best in the league. So you immediately saw that progression. I believe 2017 is a Super Bowl year for the Eagles in which Nick Foles uh, finished out the Super Bowl. Um, the following year with a little bit of controversy, and, and, and this is interesting because, Eric, you brought this up in, with – Jalen Hurts, when he was drafted, his performance fell off a little bit. Well, Nick Foles got all the all the acclaim after the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz's following year, he was a 79.4. That was 14th best. It wasn't as good. Granted, he was coming off an injury, but there was a little bit of a slippage. And then he followed that up with the 76.5 in, in 2019, which was also 14th best. So he maintained some consistency. And then, of course, they draft Hurts. Then he's a 65 uh, PFF rating, which is 32nd best in the NFL. And then, of course, last year he was a 70.9, which is 22nd best. You add it all up, that's a 74.5, which means he's about 16th best in the NFL on average. Um, to give you an idea of who would be in that range, that's the Mac Jones range for last year. That's that's Matt Ryan in Atlanta, and that's uh, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, believe it or not. So that's the, that's the range of quarterback, quarterback play that you're going to get. Now, one thing that we like to do in statistics is we remove the uh, the best result and the worst result to see where you are because those can always be outliers, right? Um, and where that leaves him is 18th. He's the 18th best quarterback when you remove his best season and his worst season. And where that puts him in the NFL is Teddy Bridgewater. Now, imagine that, right? Yeah. We were talking about you know free agents Teddy. and Teddy Bridgewater. But when you look at Teddy's statistics – um, you know, his his completion percentage was 66.9. Carson Wentz last year was 62.4. Teddy Bridgewater had uh, 3,000 passing yards. Carson Wentz had 3,500. Teddy Bridgewater had 7.2 yards per attempt last year. Carson Wentz was 6.9. Mm -hmm. um, Carson Wentz had 27 touchdowns. Teddy Bridgewater had 18. Teddy Bridgewater had seven interceptions. So did Carson Wentz. Now, here's where... It, it gets kind of weird because Carson Wentz had eight fumbles last year. Teddy Bridgewater had one. So there's a lot of statistical, uh, you know, things that are similar there. Some things are obviously different, but um, you get a sense that when you put it all together, that's about equal between the two performances in various capacities, right? Because those fumbles take away from the touchdown, so on and so forth. And so what we've essentially got is maybe a more athletic Teddy Bridgewater running the offense this year. Um, that's a weird way to think about it because you don't automatically compare those two, but in terms of output and results, that's, that's about what you're getting last year by the NFL and their, uh, starting quarterback index, um, for last season, Carson Wentz was actually 19. Teddy Bridgewater was 18. So, um, that, the, what I'm trying to say is those statistics add up to Carson Wentz being somewhere between your 16th and your 18th best quarterback in the NFL. Can we live with that? Absolutely. Is that going to uh, propel us a long way? That remains to be seen. Um, a couple other notes here before I get into some things I want to ask you guys about Carson Wentz. His QBR average for his career, um, and this is quarterback rating, uh, is 57.7, so slightly above average, right? Because I think your average is 50 on a scale of 100. He's 57.7, so he's just above average. Again, reflecting on that Teddy Bridgewater, Mac Jones comparison, he is right in that group. 
Um, Eric, uh, his injury history, how much does that scare you regarding Carson Wentz and, and his availability for us? Um, I mean, we can plan on seeing Taylor Heineke under center next year. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, I don't think, I don't, you know, he played, Wentz played 17 yeah. games this year for the first time. Uh, I think it was the first time in his, well, obviously 17 game season, but I think it was the first full season of his career. I could be wrong on that. Um, but he, he generally misses games. Um, so, and of course the, you know, catastrophic knee injury will definitely do that. I think he hurt his back one year. Um, he generally plays though, uh, but he does have a, he has a history of some, like some big injuries. You can bank on him probably missing a few games next year. We'll see Heineke. And if I have to watch Heineke for two or three games, not in a row, I think I'm fine with that next year. I think that's right about where you want to see Heineke uh, because he's, you know, you can limit his uh, exposure uh, in, in, in a smaller uh, set of games. Um, so yeah, injuries are going to be a concern with Wentz. I think we can just bank on that. Um, but you know, he was healthy last year. Um, he's in a new offense, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. You know, the 2020 season, where Washington sacked him. It was like eight times in week one, I think it was. Yeah. You remember that game? Yeah. I always refer to that game as a game that Carson Wentz broke because I think that's where he really started going downhill when he started seeing a pass rush that week. Uh, and I don't, and he didn't recover the rest of the season mentally from that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can stay healthy and stay upright. You're going to get hit when you're playing the NFC East. Or you're playing Micah Parsons, um, you know, some of the Giants D linemen, you know, things like that. So you're going to take your hits. Hopefully he's sturdy enough to withstand those hits. I think uh, one of the things to note is uh, uh, I remember watching the Colts earlier this season and Carson, it was like the second game of the year. Carson Wentz injured like both ankles, something crazy um, on, uh, on like one play injured both ankles. Uh, but he, he kept, he continued to play and, you know, didn't miss uh, uh, any time. But um, you know, the story on ESPN was that, you know, Carson was cognizant of the fact that, you know, he was kind of getting the the rap or the, the label of uh, an injury prone quarterback. And he didn't want that to, continue in Indianapolis so you know he fought through some of these injuries um you know rehabbed hard so he could you know continue to practice and play in the games so it'll be interesting to see if he kind of still takes that approach here in Washington and whether he's hot, you know motivated hey I'm on my third team now I don't want to you know I I want to make this work or you know if he's uh if he if if he kind of goes the other way and uh, shuts it down if he gets injured so that'll that'll be something interesting to watch yeah and uh, it, it absolutely will be. And Brian, is he a fit in your mind for Scott Turner's offense? So, yes. If you if you think about his mobility, if you think about his strong arm, um, if you think about uh, his ability to make quick throws, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know that part works, but there's also kind of a downside to it. Is uh, you know we mentioned it uh, just a few minutes ago. His kind of tendency to hold the ball. Uh, a little bit longer looking for that bigger play, right? Hey, this play, this play is schemed to hit Terry at about 15, but I'm looking for that deeper Diami Brown uh, 60 yard pass. So I'm going to hold it. I'm going to move around um, and put myself more at risk uh, for that. And that I think is, uh, you know, that part doesn't fit. I don't think that fits anybody's offense uh, there when you're, you're kind of, uh, doing things unnecessarily, you know, those obviously can lead to great plays, but they can also lead to those fumbles that uh, you were just mentioning uh, as well. But I think, you know, just, uh, you know, first glance, if you look at it, the way he's built the, some of the skill set that he has, yes, I think uh, he fits Scott's Turner uh, offense. It, it would be very interesting to see what changes that Scott Turner feels like he has to make 
and what changes he's willing to make to that offense to fit Scott to fit uh, Carson Wentz. Excuse me. One of the things that you want to do with Carson Wentz is run the football consistently. That's when he's at his best. So um, you obviously have Antonio Gibson. Uh, I think we all think that we're going to draft a running back at some point in the draft um, who can also eat up some carries. So, um, you know, hopefully they implement that to help Carson Wentz out. Eric, there's two schools of thought in terms of Carson Wentz, right? Because you can get out of this deal after this season. Okay. So there's one school that says, you know, use them, burn them up. We don't care what happens because next year we can re-rack and start over. And then there's the other school that says, well, you know, we have an option next year to release him, but if he plays well enough, we should keep him around, and this could be a long-term starter. Where are you in terms of the viability of Carson Wentz as a long-term option for us at quarterback? Um, I am I, – I, the jury's out on that. I don't know what he's going to do here. But I do know that a happy Carson Wentz is a better chance of being an effective Carson Wentz. I think Washington needs to commit to him more than just this year doesn't have to be a major commitment. First of all, for cap reasons, I think they can free up some cap space if they move some of that money, some of that salary and the bonus money or roster bonus and a signing bonus, whatever it is. If they get you know, stretch that over two years, just make us say, look, man, you're here. We traded for you. We want you here. Here's a commitment. Not just, you know, we're going to see how this works. Because I think, you know, Carson Wentz, you know, has a history of getting into his feelings when he feels slighted. I would suggest to this team, make a commitment, even if it's a small one, keep him here, stretch it out over two years, give him, you know, have some guaranteed money next year. Uh, so I would do that. So I don't know if he's going to be the guy, but I know he's got a much better chance of being the guy if he's not thinking about his contract and thinking about things other than what he needs to do here. So I am, I'm in the school of thought that you do give him, you're not necessarily an extension, but I think you restructure his contract. You reduce your cap hit for this year, allow you to go sign some other guys and uh, you make him feel like he's actually wanted here and he's not a one-year rental. Yeah. I, I, you know, when we first traded for him, I, I I was not thinking like that at all, but I have since come around to that, that I think you're probably right. You've made this commitment in terms of picks, right? And even though we didn't give up a metric ton for Carson Wentz, you've given up a second-round pick, right? You've given up a third that can potentially come as, become a second-round pick. That matters. That matters in the NFL, especially when you're team building. And at some point, you're going to become cap strapped. So you need young players coming in um, to help you out. So now that you've made that investment from a draft pick perspective, I think you have to give it at least two years. Um, and, and, and I really love the point that you make about Carson Wentz's psyche. And, you know, when you're starting quarterback, here's headlines and tabloids and things like that. Um, is it the, do you, should you have to do this? No but it is what it is. And you've already made the investment. So you need to make him comfortable mentally to see if you can get the best out of him. And if that means adding another year of guarantees to, to get to that point, so be it. You still be in a position to draft one, even if or a rookie next year, even if you commit more dollars to him. So I don't see what that hurts, Brian. What are your thoughts on that? Um, first off, that's a, that's a great point, uh, by Eric about, uh, Carson Wentz and his sensitivity, right? Uh, a happy Carson Wentz is a more motivated, a better player, uh, than we've seen him in the past. So that's something that, uh, you know, Rivera is going to have to be cognizant of, and he's going to have to manage constantly. Um, I think with somebody like Carson, yeah, you're going to, you're going to really have to kind of check in with him every day, every game, uh, and see where he's at. Now, as far as the commitment to him, uh, for me, why? 
I, I don't know that he's done anything to warrant um, a commitment to him. And I understand the, uh, you know, um, you know, kind of his mindset or his sensitivity that, yeah, we probably should capitulate to him and uh, do all these things for him. But that really hurts the team. Uh, this team doesn't have uh, a quarterback that it's drafted on its roster right now that will be under contract pass, you know, uh, with the exception of Carson Wentz, who we're, we're still not sure of will make it past this first season. We don't have anybody else. This will be Heineke's last season on this particular deal, an undrafted player, um, you know, uh, that we have on here. So, uh, you know, for me, it, this team really has to uh, be thinking about the future as well and not just, you know, Carson Wentz's feelings. Um, and they, they really kind of need to take a hard approach uh, with that and say, do we get somebody? Does that mean that they take somebody in the in the first round? I would love that, but I understand that uh, that may not be uh, the route that they're choosing to go. But you know, can we get a a second round uh, you know quarterback? I, I think you, you kind of have to. Uh, you let Kyle Allen go uh, today, or you uh, released him from his uh, contract. So um, you you you're only going to have Heineke and Carson Wentz. We already know Carson Wentz uh, injury history, so that means you would just have. Heineke. Uh, I mean, it's almost guaranteed that uh, Heineke will start. Um, so who else are you going to have? Let's have a guy that we develop, uh, young, capable passers. We've seen it time and time again. They may not work out for your team, but guess what? They're bargaining chips for other teams because those other teams, they always think, I can turn this guy around. I can I can make this the next Carson Wentz. I can rehab him. He can now be um, you know, uh, you know, my Ryan Tannehill uh, project. So um, I don't think they should give anything else to him other than, hey, we're going to support you the best way we can. Here are the players. Here's the coaching. But we need you to go do the rest of it. Um, I don't think we need to try to change any uh, contracts outside of, yeah, we, we do need to uh, to make some cap moves because Carson Wentz contract just ate up all of that cap. But we were talking about extending Terry. That uh, now is kind of in limbo or, or flux with this. So, um you know, that's kind of where I, I I'm at with Carson. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not uh, hitching my saddle to him at all. All right. So when it comes to wins and losses, Eric, what do you think the Carson Wentz effect will be? Um, I'm thinking similar to what you saw in Indy last year. I'm thinking they're on the wild card threshold, nine to ten wins. Um, well, I'll go between eight and ten wins. Could go either way. Um, he is an upgrade over what we had last year. This team played a brutal schedule last year with Taylor Heineke quarterback still managed seven wins. Um, I think this team with a better quarterback, I don't see 10 wins as a problem uh, or as out of the question. I could even stretch and say 11 if everything goes right. But I mean, I'm going to stick in that. I'm going to stick in that nine and eight, 10 and seven threshold for next year. We'll be knocking on the door of a wild card. And if things break right, you know, maybe the division. Okay. Brian, where are you at in terms of win-loss improvement with Carson? Um, the Colts were nine and eight. The year before, they had a broken down Phillip Rivers and they were 11 and five. And that's without the Jonathan Taylor kind of breakthrough that he had uh, this past season. We had seven wins with Taylor Heineke. We're supposed to have a softer schedule this season, but each schedule each year is uh, different. That doesn't mean uh, it guarantees you any wins. Um, I, I see... Carson as a, a slight upgrade and um, eight, maybe nine wins, but uh, realistically six wins or seven wins uh, may be uh, in our future. If that defense is not improved, um, e even if we're, we can score some more points, 
if we can't keep the other team from scoring, it, it'll be, uh, you know, no use. So um, ceiling, nine wins. Um, actuality probably ceiling is nine wins. Yeah. I, I, wow. don't see Carson, I don't see Carson Wentz being able to uh, do with this roster what he couldn't do with a Colts roster that uh, has a lot, a lot of talent um, offensively and defensively. Um, I just don't. Uh, uh, I just don't see it. I don't see it like nine that. wins is the ceiling. That's impressive. I, I mean, wish I would, you know, honestly for me, I would I, I would more. say the absolute ceiling is like twelve wins because if everything breaks right, you're in a the NFC is the weaker of the two conferences. You know, the AFC is a murderer's row of quarterbacks now. You don't have that in the NFC. Like the I could see. I'm not saying it's going to happen because it's like literally like perfect scenario. But I could see 12 wins as like the ceiling, but I'm still I'm gonna stick with my nine to ten. Um, but man, nine wins is a ceiling. You must you hate that guy. You hate Wentz. You're a Wentz hater. I, I don't hate Wentz. I hate the production <laughs> that he gets out of these teams that he has. I mean, uh, it, he was set up for success uh, this past year. And uh, like I said, a broken down Philip Rivers, he could barely throw the ball down the field. I mean, his arm was shot and uh, he led them to an 11 and five season, even behind a amazing performance by Jonathan Taylor this season. I mean, he, I don't even know how many yards he had, but uh, he had a ton um, and, you know, still couldn't do anything. So. So, um, you know, for me, I look at a couple of different factors. Uh, last year, Taylor Heineke was a 27th-ranked quarterback in the NFL. He threw 15 touchdowns. Carson Wentz only threw seven. Um, that 50% nearly less interceptions is a big deal in the NFL. That is a big deal in the NFL. Carson Wentz also had more passing touchdowns than, than Taylor Heineke did. Carson Wentz had uh, only one more fumble than Taylor Heineke. And listen, the defense caught 15 of Taylor Heineke's interceptions. They probably left another 10 to 12 out there that could have been intercepted or picked off that they didn't get. So what I'm trying to tell you is just based on the lack of additional turnovers, I think that there's going to be some win positivity in there. Um, if we were a seven win team last year, my, my assumption is we'll probably be anywhere from two to four wins better. So I'm going to say, uh, you know, between nine and 11 wins. Um, the other thing that I think we're not taking into account is players in the locker room need or, or sometimes benefit from a player with pedigree. The number two overall pick, Carson Wentz has been thought of as a very good quarterback by a lot of people in this league. I bet you when this trade went down, Terry McLaurin's eyes lit up because he knew Heineke was trying his darndest, but he knew it wasn't good enough. Now he has a quarterback that can push the ball to him. You know you know who Carson Wentz's best friend is, the tight end? Mm -hmm. Guess what? Logan Thomas is going to be healthy this year. We didn't have Logan Thomas hardly at all this year, and when we did, we had a quarterback throwing hospital balls. Mm -hmm. Logan Thomas is going to be back with a vengeance, and with Carson Wentz targeting tight ends like he does, that's pr production we didn't have last year on top of everything else. So you have another year of Gibson maturing, all of those factors to me signal that we should be a much better offense than what we were last year. The question will obviously be on defense, but when it comes to purely uh, Carson Wentz impact, I think it's somewhere in the two to four game range for me. Um, and I, so I, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say we're going to be 10 and seven. And I Ooh. think that will be enough for the wild card. 
It's not because I think that Carson Wentz is amazing. Like I told you, statistically, he's somewhere between Mac Jones last he's year. Good enough. Yeah. He's good enough. And Teddy Taylor Bridgewater, Heineke right. wasn't good enough. Carson Wentz is good enough. Right. Yeah, we, definitely. Um, this team is not a Super Bowl contender with with Wentz by any right. stretch of the imagination. I don't think it's really a division contender. I mean, it just depends because this division's weird. But I don't think realistically, like we should we're we're a shoe in for the division title because we added him. But we should be significantly improved, um, to the point where we're at least a wild card team and maybe get maybe sneak a win in the playoffs possibly. So I think, yeah, I think the addition is it, it's a positive addition. I don't think it's going to put us over the top, but I think it's definitely a move in the right direction. It's going, we're going, it's going to make us better, should make us better than we were last year. I got a question. The, um, you know, we, we, we were talking about Jameis Winston. You know, one of the things that um, uh, Eric, I think you brought up was, uh, and it was a good point. Um, the Sean Payton factor, right? Sean Payton really kind of manufactured the offense for Jameis to throw it here, read this, um, uh, take away some of the decision-making uh, from Jameis to cut down some of the um, interceptions, turnovers, bad decisions. I think Frank Reich was uh, very much in the same vein this year with the Colts and with Wentz. Hey, um, this is you know what we need you to do. Hey, run this run centric offense, and uh, we need you to make a few plays and limit some of those mistakes. And you know they got better performance out of them, but it just wasn't enough. Do you guys see that as a similar kind of thing there with Frank Reich and uh, Carson Wentz? And do you think that uh, we can we can kind of recreate that? Do uh, can Scott Turner be the Frank Reich and Sean Payton with a quarterback who has had some kind of turnover turnover prone tendencies? It's not, it's a fair point. Um, I don't, yeah, that's hard to say. I mean, Wentz really has been pretty good most of his career. He had one really bad season. That was 2020. That was the one season where he was legitimately just awful. Um, he rebounded last year. I don't know if he's, I don't know that how much Reich reined him in as much as just uh, tailored the offense around him. I guess would be the way to put it. I don't think he was. I don't think he was the guy just saying like what Peyton would have done to Jameis was like, "This is where you're going. Don't deviate." I think right. Wentz probably had some freedom. Clearly, he had some freedom because if you watch his highlights from last year, he was running all over the place. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I don't know that it's quite to that level. Um, I do expect probably to see more turnovers from Wentz next year um, because the offense is going to be different. I'm actually really curious because this will be, you know, I, I said earlier, it's going to be his seventh year in the league. This is his first year outside of that system that he's been in because he was under Peterson. Now he was under Reich. It's pretty much the same offense. Now he's going to a Coriel style offense, different play calling style, um, different route trees, uh, completely different concepts. So I'm curious to see. I think it, I personally think it does suit him better because in theory, it's supposed to be a more vertical offense. Um, J.D. McKissick's probably not going to see as many, you know, if he's back, he's probably not going to see as many balls his way because Wentz generally isn't a big passer to his running backs uh, historically. Um, but I think that, yeah, I'll be curious to see how that works out, if he can, how quickly he can grasp that offense and, you know, it push, push the ball up there. I definitely think there will be a lot more deep balls next year, a lot more. I think Terry McLaurin and uh, Dayami Brown and Curtis Samuel are going to be happy. Yeah, we're hoping so. We're hoping yeah, so. I All mean, right. he made Michael Pittman. I mean, Michael Pittman was a beast this year. Yeah, he was. Um, just catching 50 50 balls from Wentz. So, look yeah. what Terry McLaurin can do with those. Well, uh, that's what I was going to say, Eric, is that 
Yes, Pittman was great, but he bailed Carson Wentz out a ton. Sure. And Terry McLaurin is not a go up and get it amongst three DBs kind of guy. He makes acrobatic catches. He does some things really well after the catch, but he's, I don't think of him as a high point jump ball kind of guy. Um, maybe that's what Diami can do, right? Uh, we'll, that remains to be seen, um, but let's see. Um, his averages for yards a season, I want you to tell me if you think he's going to be uh, above or below this. I'll start with you, Eric. Uh, he averages about 33, 3,400 passing yards. Do you picture him being above or below that this year? I'm going to go above. I think he's going because I think Scott Turner is going to throw more than what Frank Reich has done in the past. Okay. And right. Peterson, I think he's going to get more opportunities to throw because Turner is historically pass happy. Yeah. Brian? Oh, I agree. Turner is a pass first offensive coordinator. So I think he's going to get a guy like Carson and he's going to go nuts. Uh, 35, 40 plus uh, attempts a game. Okay. He averages 23 touchdowns a season. Eric, above or below? Above. He can he can threaten again, provided he's healthy. He can actually threaten. You know, the team record is only like 31, the Washington team record for oh, a season. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was Sonny Jurgensen in a 14 game season. Um, he can threaten that record if he's throwing as much as I think he's gonna throw next year. Um, we'll see, but I think he's gonna be higher. I think he'll be in the 25 to 30 range. Okay. His his career high is 33. Brian, above or below 23 touchdowns. Above um, again with the uh, the the more attempts, um, his penchant uh, for uh, taking that deep shot, you know, he, he'll have more. Okay. Now his his uh, interception average is nine and a half. Eric, are you above or below the interception average for him? I'm above. I'm thinking cool. eleven or twelve. Okay. Most likely, yeah. I think he's going to throw more than ten next year. Again, because of volume and the new offense. Okay. Brian, what about you? Uh, it's going to be above. Uh, he's going to have a lot more freedom uh, here, and yes, the volume is going to go up. I'm going to. It's going to be twelve to fifteen. Twelve to fifteen. It's going to be Heineke range. Okay. Oh yeah. I Get ready. Okay. Get ready. Um. So he does tend to fumble the ball quite a bit. Um. He has sixty six fumbles in his career. So if you do your average, it's about eleven a year on average for fumbles. Uh, which hey, is total, that's that. not that's fumbles total, not like lost fumbles, right? Right, correct, okay. correct. Fumbles total, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't have the lost number, but Eric, above or below eleven fumbles this year? Probably right at. Okay, I don't see a change. I mean, he does it every year. I don't see it changing here. Okay, Brian, uh, above. Uh, again, he's going to be taking more chances, more freedom. Ball's going to be out. Okay. Well, so folks listening, this is our Carson Wentz declassified episode. Um, look, in all, what we have is a quarterback who is what we believe at uh, here at Declassified better than what we had last year. Um, he's not necessarily what we set out for this offseason, um, but he is an upgrade. And I think we need to think about it in terms of an upgrade on the field. Um, we'll see what things look like and how they come together during the offseason programs, training camp, and then, you know, uh, the regular season once that kicks off. One thing I want to say to everybody before we get out of here, everybody listening, everybody watching, be careful with the quarterback hot takes. I think sometimes you start to pigeonhole yourself into hating or loving something, and then you tend to watch games to try to prove yourself right 
rather than just enjoying the product on the field. Enjoy the product on the field. Watch the quarterback. Let's cheer for the team. Let's see what happens. And then if it doesn't work out, we'll we'll regroup and figure out a plan for next year. Um, Eric, any final thoughts on Carson Wentz? 17-0. Going 17-0. Super Bowl. Wentz uh, <laughs> League MVP. All right. Goat. <laughs> no, you know who I think we should – I would actually look at uh, bringing in to, to groom behind him, uh, looking at that play style. Desmond Ritter. It's like a mini Wentz. Mm. All the same yeah. knocks, all the same traits. Faster, though. Four or five. It's not bad. It's Maybe not bad sit, you know, if Desmond Ritter's around a little longer than he should be, I'd pick him up. Second round pick? Considering... I don't know if I'd take him in round two because I don't – I think you can do more with that round two pick considering you don't have a round three. But if he's still there in like four, I absolutely take him. Oh, he's going to be gone by then. I can't I, – I would not be surprised. We're, we're, gonna, we're going draft now. Sorry. I wouldn't be surprised to see him there in round four. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's fast, but I mean, watch him play against Alabama. That's a lot of guys. That's what he's going to look like in the NFL, (laughs) especially if you take him in round two. To me, Ritter Ritter reminds me of Mariota, Uh, just really athletic, but just struggles throwing the football. Like he, 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 they're very similar kind of in their uh, play style and their, and uh, their physical form. Yeah. Uh, Brian, final thoughts on Carson Wentz. Um, you know, we have a guy who has at least shown in the past to be an effective quarterback. Um, is that past going to resurface? Well, well, we'll find out. Hopefully Carson really kind of looks at this as a, okay, this is a, uh, you know, uh, a fork in the road for me. I need to, to really kind of figure out what I need to be who I need to be and, you know, hey, like his uh, GM uh, in Indianapolis said, can I take some criticism and can I learn from it and can I grow from it? Um, Because he's got an opportunity here. Um, There's not going to be any quarterback competition. He's going to have some weapons here and he's in a weak division. He can actually kind of change the story about Carson Wentz this season. He can he can really kind of change the narrative and make it a a great comeback story. So, um, that's very possible, and that's all something that can happen. So if uh, you're a Commanders fan, that's something that uh, you should be thinking about, uh, and hopefully Carson is thinking about that too. Absolutely. Thank you uh, for listening. If you've made it this far, make sure you subscribe. Tell your friend to tell a friend. Uh, Carson Wentz Declassified is in the books. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back with some more content uh, soon. So thank you all.